Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to do a quick shout out about our new 3W Patient app. If you haven't downloaded it, please do so. It is such an awesome app. We just revamped it. And on this app, you can book an appointment. You can access your patient portal, uh, lots of helpful patient documents, things for you to read and educate yourselves about women's health. And and then our, our medical providers have created really cool medical blog that you could tap into as well. So it's very easy to download iPhone, Android. Just search for 3W Medical in the App Store and download it today. Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hello, Wellness Wednesday listeners. So glad to be back in the studio today. We have another wonderful guest joining us here on our podcast. And it's this lovely lady from Phoenix right now. And her name is Emily Bourne. Hi, Emily. Hello. Hi, Emily. And she's going to be sharing with us about her process and about her conviction on why she chose to do a natural birth. And that's just really cool. From someone, Emily, just to give you a heads up on me, I have never given birth before. I have a little baby boy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, he's not really little anymore. He's ginormous, actually. 33 pounds of of glorious love. Um, But... But I adopted him, so I never went through, you know, the birthing process. So it's always fascinating to me to talk to people about their birthing journey. And there's, you know, you have these these ideas about what that looks like, you know, from a young age as a woman, I think. And then when it's actually happening, you know, there's when it doesn't fit this mold sometimes from what I've heard, there's this grief and loss to it too. And so I'm just very curious about, you know, your birthing story. I know that Teresa here from one of our staff on 3W knows you from high school, which is so cool. And so I just want to get to know more about you and your story and why you want to share it with people. So let's just dive in. So who are you, Emily? Mm-hmm. And why would you, why do you, why do you want to share your story with us? Totally. So I'm Emily Born. I am a self-proclaimed crunchy mom, hippie lady, <laughs> all of the above. I was raised by a mother who's a labor and delivery nurse. So birth has always been a dinner table conversation. <laughs> awesome. Uh, More people should have it. That- <laughs> Really, really. And I have to watch myself when I'm with, you know, friends and family where that wasn't a normal conversation. (laughs) And I have to wait till we're done eating to bring it up, especially (laughs) with my with my husband. We've had a few incidences of maybe wait till we're done (laughs) done with dinner. (laughs) So funny. Um, 
Yeah, but I recently in October, I gave birth to my first son. It was my first pregnancy, my first experience taking on the journey of pregnancy and birth and now, you know, entering motherhood. And I'll start by saying every form of parenthood is valuable and necessary and a rite of passage. Mm. Mm -hmm. However, when it comes to birth, I think separately, that is its own rite of passage into, you know, you kind of join a bit of a club Mm -hmm. of people who have gone through the experience of birth in Mm -hmm. whatever way that looked like for them. Mm -hmm. But for me, I always wanted to birth at home, unmedicated, fully natural. Um, It's been my dream since I was 16 or 17 years old. And I realized that it was an option to the absolute chagrin of my mom. (laughs) who has seen, you know, everything that can go wrong. Right. Um, Yeah. But I just, I felt a really deep conviction to experience birth as it has been experienced by my ancestors Mm -hmm. for an unimaginable time period. Mm -hmm. Like birth is how we have sustained humanity for Mm -hmm hundreds of thousands of millions of years. And so I knew that when the time came for me to give birth, I was committing to it and I wanted to see what it was all about. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So what, so you said you had these, you know, very convicted, like, I'm going to do this from such a young age. Did people in your peer group thought you were just crazy like why why not get the epidural why not go to the (laughs) hospital you know in case of something going wrong you know I'm sure you've heard it a million times of in case of something going wrong was that something that that was very odd you know growing up being as young as you are like having people push back on that yeah actually so like I said this is like one of my biggest convictions the hill that I will die on is (laughs) women's health and wellness, um, and the way that women are treated in the medical setting. And a very important part of that is understanding birth as a physiological process Mm. and a natural life event for a woman who can bear children, where I feel like we have turned birth into something to be afraid of. It is, Mm -hmm. um, it has become very medicalized and a lot of care providers treat it as though it's an illness to be solved. And there Mm -hmm. is a treatment plan for your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Not to say that you shouldn't be prepared and know all of your options, but the way that we view birth, I think in our society and in our culture, we have stripped away the idea of birth as a rite of passage, birth as an event mm-hmm. and women going through the process of matrescence, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is like the becoming of a mother Mm -hmm. by way of birth. And Mm -hmm. so for me, Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone was surprised. (laughs) I did have someone ask me shortly after meeting me when I was talking about having kids someday, they asked, oh, are you going to do a home birth? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, why do you ask? And Mm -hmm. they just said, oh, you just, you look like it. (laughs) And so... I think that pretty much sums up the feelings of, of most of my peers or people who know me. Yeah. Yeah. But I think overall, the general societal reaction to a home birth is exactly that. The, what if something goes wrong? What if there's an emergency? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you just want to be in a hospital to be safe? Mm-hmm. And I'll add to that. Again, I could talk about this for hours, <laughs> but the beauty of 
I went through a midwife for care. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of options outside of a hospital birth with an OBGYN. Mm -hmm. But most of the time I see people going with midwifery care when they're doing something out of the hospital in like a birthing center or at home. And so through the process of getting prenatal care with my midwife, we keep an eye out for things that could be red flags. Mm. Mm-hmm. She said, we look for pink flags along the way. And if there is something that is coming up during a pregnancy, that is a pink flag that could turn into a red flag. We take action and we essentially most midwives will, will ensure that there is nothing glaringly wrong, quote unquote wrong mm-hmm. with your pregnancy or anything dangerous that mm-hmm. would prevent you from having a safe birth outside of the hospital. Cause of course, if you have a high risk pregnancy, mm-hmm. if you're having issues through your pregnancy, mm-hmm. if you're a high risk individual in general, there are births that need to take place inside of the hospital right? and working with a midwife and being involved in your own care and mm-hmm. your own care plan mm-hmm. allows you to at the end of the day, make that decision for yourself. Yeah. I, I mean, I really resonate with the, what you're saying because at the end of the day, it's informed consent. It's informed medical consent. Mm-hmm. And you should, as the individual, as the patient, be able to have everything laid out in front of her and say, what would you like? And how do we cater to that? And you're you're spot on when you're saying that the medical world right now is not, it is a one size fit all kind of approach. It is not individualized. It is what is most efficient, most revenue driven. What's the what's the return of investment for much bigger medical corporations these days? And that's something that, you know, I'm really again, I'm really proud about 3W is we've we've gone away from that model and not not to not to disrespect it, but to say we can do something better for women who are becoming mothers for women who are really dealing reproductive dealing with reproductive issues that needs this more compassionate approach that really peels back the layers of what actually women's health issues she's really addressing versus going here's a prescription or here's what I prescribed or recommended to five other people ahead of you and as much as like I have an I have a nurse in the house in my in in my relative pool and she's she's the mama and baby nurse that's her specialty Mm -hmm. and if i ever told her you know like i want to have a home birth i think she would be like what you know like it's just so i think at the end of the day you have every right to have your home birth you have every right to have the people that are around you during that really really special moment as long as you know kind of ahead of time what you're getting yourself into, and you should be educated about all of that already, then if you choose that, then that's how you want to experience your childbirth. Like who should say, yeah. who should shame you or say that that's not the correct way of, of doing things? On, on that note, I think it's A, worth mentioning that I have a very special place in my heart for like labor and delivery nurses, pediatric nurses, because at the end of the day, their experience with home birth from that setting is oftentimes they're seeing home births where potentially there was an emergency transfer and they're dealing with high rate, high risk patients. And when you have a successful home birth or you, you birth at home, Mm -hmm. there's no interaction with the hospital. And so they are often at the disadvantage of not seeing what a successful physiological birth looks like at home, because there's no, 
There's no trip to the hospital. And that can really hinge a medical provider's view of home birth because they do have the responsibility of dealing with emergency situations and high-risk situations. How did your husband come to the respond yeah <laughs> how did he go yeah okay sure let's just have the birth over a there. basic basically <laughs> exactly like that um he's a really relaxed guy um oh. and you know we've had a lot of conversations surrounding birth and parenthood uh we're in a really privileged position in so many ways of we were we dated for four years before getting married. And we had a lot of conversations about our ideal scenario. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I live in the Air Force base. So oh, you're fine. You're fine. Over. You're fine. We had a lot of conversations about parenthood and birth and my vision for that. And I came into our relationship, guns a blazing, knowing my plan, nothing frankly was going to stop me. And so my husband being the amazing guy that he is, he said, okay, whatever you want to do. <laughs> That's the right Obviously, answer. <laughs> you know way more about this than I do. Uh, there were the, the technical issues of things like, okay, who's going to be cleaning this up? What is this going to look like? What yeah. should I prepare for? But that was an ongoing conversation that we'd been having for frankly years before even getting pregnant, wow. me getting pregnant and getting to the birth process. Mm-hmm. But we also have access to the internet. And with that comes positive birth videos, uh, birth stories, mm-hmm. and getting this really wide view of physiological birth and birth processes around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, we just took that as our sign to go ahead and do it. And he was really, really supportive throughout Aww. the entire process and very involved as well. That's awesome. That's very rare. So that's that's really it good. Is. You got, you it's got a good one. Too, I know that it is so rare. I, I had um, a friend that gave birth recently and she was like, I don't want my I don't want my husband in the room. I'm like, girl, what? She's like, yeah, no, he can stay outside until the baby's born. I was like, ah, and miss out on all the hard work. No, thank you. In our year 2022. I know. I was like, "Um, I'm going to be videotaping it and I'm going to be freaking live streaming it if I can do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, men have just recently entered the birth space. If we're talking about like, you know, ancestral traditions in the past, it was mostly women in that space and husbands or partners would kind of just wait to Mm -hmm. come in. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's really powerful to have that energy in the room of like the person that you created your baby with, like being there to support you through the entire process. Yes. But there is something uniquely vulnerable, believe it or not, about giving birth. It was difficult for me to process and accept that my husband was going to be there and he was going to see me in that space. Mm -hmm. Just from that, like, and I've seen women give birth. Mm -hmm. It's totally normal for me to witness that, but realizing that it was going to be my body, Mm -hmm. my partner, Mm -hmm. my experience and Mm -hmm the most vulnerable experience of my life. And he's just going to be chilling there as a man. (laughs) Yeah. Love him. But it was, it was a challenge to like accept that and integrate that into my birth experience and pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. My, I've seen two live, live births in my life. One of them is my sister and yeah, it is a 
it is a whole moment. It is a trip. You are, there is not any privacy. <laughs> you are no. just a plucked chicken out there. I mean, she had her birth in a, in a hospital. And so there were nurses up in her all the time. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So, yeah, um, it really is. Yeah. So, so walk me through your home birth. What, what are some of the items that are needed? And I think I, I think I'm going to have you come back on for another podcast of, cause I really want to pick your brain as someone that has given birth with a midwife. Like what is your checklist? I'm sure you had to like reach out to a midwife and how do you know she was the right one? And how do you know that's what your team? So I think that's a different podcast, but for today, oh cause people are going to want to know how to get a midwife and yeah, you know, it's not like you can look it up in a phone book these days. Like, what do you what do you do? But for today, let's talk about like, what do you what did you prepare your home for this event to happen? I've seen I've seen so many different things used a kiddie pool, large tarp. <laughs> so please yeah. educate me. I don't I don't know because I've for seen sure. so many different. You know, I have friends that have given birth and so many different things. So how did you prepare for that? And who was there? How long did it take? Was it what you wanted? It was everything that I wanted and more. It was beautiful. It was a spiritual experience for me. And one that crazy enough, I cannot wait to take on again. (laughs) Very far in the future. Not planning (laughs) another baby anytime soon. (laughs) But just a general overview of my process. I reached out to my midwife. As soon as I found out that I was pregnant, I went on to the new phone book, Google, (laughs) and I looked for midwives in my area. I was interested in finding someone who was able to take my insurance first and foremost, but Mm -hmm. more than anything, the actual person who is going to be my care provider, Mm -hmm. I'm in their team available was more important to me than that, which isn't a financial reality for a lot of people Yeah, uh, because insurance doesn't cover a lot mm-hmm. of out of hospital births, mm-hmm. which whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, but I found my midwife on Google. I went in for an initial appointment to confirm the pregnancy and just to meet their team and chat with them and see what their birth philosophies were. And it literally, it felt like walking into a family member's house. They really, mm-hmm. I jived with their personalities. My midwife has, she is the uh, certified nurse midwife CNM available. And then she has, I believe, four nurses on staff, four RNs, which is not necessarily typical for midwifery care. It does vary. Okay. But she had RNs on her team, a lactation consultant as well. And oh, wow. Yeah, I think it was, there's a handful of them there. A lot of them were related, but we, you know, went in for our prenatal visits about 12 between that confirmation of pregnancy and the birth of my baby. Hmm. And then when I started my labor, I was in early labor for, for a, almost an entire day. It started at at 4am one morning. And then I went into active labor around 10pm that night. So I spent that whole day, just an early, early labor you know, walking, talking through contractions. It was there, but manageable. Wow. And so at 10 PM, I started getting contractions that felt real. I was breathing through them. I was in my bathtub and my husband was there with me and we have two dogs and two cats and now a baby. (laughs) 
But, you know, we were just hanging out, chit-chatting. Notably, my husband had said to me, and I'll give him credit, I didn't really tell him that, like, this is the real deal. I am in labor. I kind of just mentioned it (laughs) earlier in the day and assumed that he knew that, like, it was the real deal. (laughs) But he told me around 9.30, 10 p.m., okay, well, I'll just plan on going into work like regular tomorrow. And I was like, you're not going to go into work while I'm in labor? What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, are you in real labor? Are you actually, is the baby coming? I'm like, what do you think labor means? <laughs> so around 10 p.m. we realized, oh, he should reach out to his supervisor and let him know that baby's coming. Okay. Like yeah. very soon by birth standards. <laughs> So it was, you know, 10 p.m. one night. For me, during my active labor, again, this was all at home. So I went between my bathtub and my toilet where I threw up for a significant portion of my labor. Yeah, almost all of it, which isn't necessarily normal, but it is a reality. Okay. And I had prepared for a lot of things, but I hadn't prepared for the possibility of throwing up the whole time. And so throughout. I'd been eating to make sure that I had my energy up and resting and making sure that I had strength to make it through my whole labor mm-hmm. planned for a very long labor. Cause that's the reality for a lot of first time moms. It mm-hmm. just takes a while for me to figure out what's going on and, you know, get everything done. And yeah, I threw up the whole time. It was quite an experience. Wow. But I'll add some things that kind of helps me maybe at the end of the process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was in active labor from around 10 PM until my baby was born around nine the next day. Oh my gosh. I called my doula. I had a doula, my husband, our midwife and a nurse in my house. Mm-hmm. And that was everybody. Okay. Um, and so my doula came over around one in the morning And I highly recommend anyone birthing in any scenario, whether you're in a hospital, at home, free birth, Mm -hmm. birthing center, Mm -hmm. wherever, a doula is there. The way I've explained it is to provide you, the birthing person, support, emotional support, physical Mm -hmm. support, Mm -hmm. mental support. Your midwife or whoever else is there is there to provide you the physical support through the physiological process of labor Mm -hmm. very well might be doing other stuff Mm -hmm. during your laboring process where your doula is just right next to your side through the entire process, giving you tools to cope. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie and say that it is not painful. It is pain, Yeah, but not all pain is bad Mm -hmm. and it's not pain to be afraid of. It's pain Mm -hmm. to lean into. It's like, mm. it is a growing pain. It is mm. the the struggle of growth. So that is who I had available to me. My doula came at one in the morning. My husband was very prepared and very helpful, but I did not want to rely on him for all of my support, physical and emotional and mental, because he's never been through this process before. And I think there's a lot of value in being surrounded by women who have walked that path before you, yeah. which I was lucky enough to have, you know, several around mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And my midwife came at around 4am and I was seven centimeters dilated. I did elect 
to do a vaginal exam when she came just to check and see if my labor was progressing since I'd been in labor at that point for around six hours, Mm -hmm. active labor. Mm -hmm. And so she stuck around until noon. My baby was born at nine, nine 30 in the morning. I pushed for about two hours and I was able to catch him. He had a nuchal cord. My midwife helped remove the cord from around his neck, but I was able to bring him up onto my chest with the help of my husband, which Mm -hmm. was really, really important to me to be the person who like welcomed him Mm -hmm. into the world. Yeah. I get emotional (laughs) thinking about it. My birth team stayed until around noon to make sure that we were okay. Everybody was adjusting fine. I wasn't, you know, bleeding excessively or hemorrhaging, mm-hmm. make sure that we got food to eat, made sure that baby was latching onto my breast properly and getting food did, you know, newborn baby exam. Yeah. And then by 1230, we were alone in our house with our brand new baby. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> I I'm getting emotional. Just Imagining it. So you did all of this in your bathroom. You did all of this in your bathtub. Yes. So yeah, I, I, we stayed in my bedroom and my primary bedroom does have a bathroom attached to it. Yeah. So I went from the tub to again, my toilet Mm -hmm. to my bedroom and my bed and kind of in that rotation. Okay. And then, like I mentioned, there were a few things that really helped me process my birth and my labor as it was happening. Mm-hmm. I had a friend tell me everything has to come out before the baby does. You can prepare until you're blue in the face and learn everything that you can. And nothing will prepare you for the actual experience of being in active labor. Mm-hmm. It is the closest I've ever felt to being an animal mm-hmm. and being like just a mammal Mm-hmm. going through the process of birth. Mm-hmm. And there was a point probably around midnight where I really had that feeling of how am I going to do this? How am I going to make it through the process of mm-hmm. labor? This is more intense than I was expecting. This is overwhelming every part of my body mm-hmm. and my mind. I had the feeling of, I just, I want to go to the hospital. I want to get an epidural. I want to run away from this. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, for just a moment, I felt defeated. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I'm not as strong as I thought I was going to be. I'm not as capable as I thought I was going to be. And I remembered her telling me that. And it was just in casual conversation. She's a doula and a student midwife. Mm-hmm. But she told me everything has to come out before the baby does emotions, vomit, poop, pee, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all your tears. And it gave me permission to feel fear. Mm -hmm. And before I had heard that, I likely would have tried to run away from my fear and potentially, you know, spiral in that panic. Mm -hmm. But it's a very natural part of birth. It is Mm -hmm. part of the process. Be afraid of something with without needing to run from it. Do you think that's because how we were programmed? I I feel like as a millennial, as an older millennial is what Teresa likes to remind me as, we are not prepared for pain. We're not prepared for suffering. We're not prepared for going through, like there are, when you're going through birth the way you're describing it, there's no shortcut. 
you 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 got to commit and you got to go through it regardless of mm-hmm. how it's going to turn out like you have this idea it's going to turn out okay but as you're going through that tunnel that moment of fear our i think our natural instinct societally is to run away from that is to be looking mm-hmm. for that quick fix is to looking for i don't want to be in this pain anymore so give me all the meds that you have to mask this feeling so it just goes away and i think yeah that we've lost that in in our humanity <laughs> it, you know in mm-hmm. some ways that fear suffering vulnerability the need for people to surround you to encourage you to do something that's difficult but it's going to build character it's going to be good for you we've we we've we've lost that in some ways and i you know just as you're describing what you went through it, it's amazing and it's doable because mm-hmm. it's been done thousands of years. Yeah. And I think we're put at such a great disadvantage by being told the lie that it is too painful. It is too dangerous. Mm-hmm. It is too much for you to handle. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's bring you into the hospital. Mm-hmm. Let's go through with these interventions in the name of keeping you safe and keeping the baby safe. And the only important thing is a healthy mom and a healthy baby. And again, there's a time and place for intervention. It is what has decreased our mortality rate Mm -hmm. through birth, Mm -hmm. through the years, Mm -hmm. but the process and the, the sacred ancestral element of birth is lost in Mm -hmm. the intense interventions that we offer. And we are set up for failure Mm -hmm. by being told to fear birth Mm -hmm. and not being shown what it looks like in a natural, undisturbed setting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time, prepare for an unassisted birth, regardless of your birth plan, you should be prepared for a scenario where you have to birth your baby alone yeah because you cannot you cannot control nature you cannot control the nature of birth mm-hmm. the nature of the universe your baby's you know divine timing coming mm-hmm. onto the planet mm-hmm. and even if you've got a c-section scheduled on the calendar <laughs> yeah. you might have to have that baby in the car yeah, yeah. the last thing you want to do is go through that process afraid Mm -hmm. and thinking this isn't how it was supposed to be. This isn't how it was supposed to be. And surrender is such an integral part of Mm -hmm. preparing for your birth, whatever it looks like, but especially when you're planning to already be in that deep state of surrender, being Mm -hmm. at home and foregoing the quote unquote comfort of being in a hospital in case of emergency, but birth in and of itself, it is, it is a risk. Mm -hmm. There is a risk of death, regardless of how you birth, where you birth and what your plan is. And that is what makes it so sacred and Mm -hmm. so incredible and unfathomable Mm -hmm. until you have walked through it yourself. But yeah, we're definitely at a, at a disadvantage just culturally being so separated from natural physiological birth, Mm -hmm. birth as a regular event. Who had to clean it all up afterwards? (laughs) (laughs) The golden question, my midwives actually, wow, they helped my house looked very normal afterwards. Everything wow. looked real normal. Bathtub was drained. I was just thinking about the other the <laughs> other day. I don't know who threw away my trash bag full of vomit, but <laughs> thank you to whoever it was. 
<laughs> and but yeah, we, we had a, a shower, like plastic shower tarp um, down on the bed with some extra sheets on top. And they took all of the dirty towels. I got towels at the thrift store. Oh, my number one piece of advice. If you are planning a home birth, get your towels at the thrift store. Oh, because they were like $3. And <laughs> if I threw them away, it didn't matter. Yeah, it was like no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, but they got it all in the laundry for us. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> and what about your mom? Was she kind of bummed that she wasn't there like that she didn't get to experience that with you yeah you know I have a really as all women do and I'm an eldest daughter on top of it I have a really unique relationship with my mother Mm -hmm. but I think we both knew that her being in my birth space Mm -hmm. would be too anxiety inducing for her yeah and that would then make me anxious yeah yeah and I just want to offer permission to any person planning to ever give birth, you get the final say on who's in the room Yes, with you, even if you're in a hospital, if you don't like the nurse, if you don't want students in there, if, if someone is making you uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. you know that their presence is going to be disruptive to your experience, Mm -hmm. you get to say no with no shame attached, with no anything attached to it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Guilt. Thank you. Yeah. She did not feel bad that she was not there. She has just seen a lot of high risk pregnancies and births. And for her, I know that it was kind of scary to yeah. know that her daughter was oh, yeah. laboring everything at home. Yeah. So she was very, very pleased when I called her that morning to Aww. tell her that the baby had arrived safely. Oh, that's so awesome. Wow. What an experience. What a, mm-hmm. like, it's a whole, like your whole world kind of stops at that one moment because it's so encompassing of that, you know, and it deserves that in some, in, in so many Mm -hmm. ways. Right. And we've, we've lost out on that as well. Oh yeah. We've lost out on the, the gravity of, of childbirth and Mm -hmm. parenthood. Well, I think, you know, for someone that suffers from infertility, I think a lot of women have, have lost out on the preciousness of their fertility and the ability Mm-hmm. to grow something, another human being in your womb yeah. and give it life. And I think that's something that we try to do here a lot of the time is is humanize something that you don't see, you know, through through the beautifulness and the technology of ultrasound. You're mm-hmm. able to see so many things that you're not able to see and and ex- and and bond with this entity that's growing inside of you, you're the only one that is growing it right now. You're the only one that's able to create something that other people can't, this unique individual. Mm -hmm. In in reproductive health and in my observation of the population we serve here at 3W and the patient population that we interact with sometimes, not very often, but sometimes we have young women that come in with an unplanned pregnancy. That, that this was not, she did not have an at-home birth plan like you did, right? Mm-hmm. And so what would you say to her if, if she was face-to-face with you right now? What would you say to her about 
her fears about giving birth, you know, about this whole experience that she's been taught to fear? What would you say to her? Hire a doula. Hire a doula. <laughs> yeah. Hire a doula. Yeah. I am so just blessed with the path that I was given, even within my pregnancy. I work at a birth center now. So I'm surrounded by birth and people in that space all the time. Wow. But my friend and coworker is a doula. And she, in the months leading up to my birth, taught me even more than I already knew. But your doula is going to be someone who will go to bat for you, who will make sure that your wishes are heard. They will educate you. They have resources beyond just a TikTok that you see online or an Instagram post that you see online. Mm -hmm. They are someone face-to-face with you who will lay out all of your options and explain everything that is available to you in the Mm -hmm. hospital, in a birthing center, at home, with an unassisted birth. All of those things will be explained in layman's terms. Mm -hmm. And that will give you the power and the empowerment to say, yes, I want that. You know, Mm -hmm. yes, I want an epidural. No, I don't want one. Mm -hmm. I want to find a provider who's going to allow me to labor in whatever position I want, active monitoring, intermittent monitoring of the fetus during labor, Mm -hmm. all of those things, they're all options that you have. And oftentimes from what I've heard from people who have gone through with a hospital birth, Mm -hmm. they're not presented as options. They're presented as policy, standard Mm -hmm. procedure. Essentially, if you do too much as a care provider in a hospital setting, then you can't be sued for malpractice. Yeah. And there's less of a liability if something happens. But at the end of the day, hospital policy is not the law. Mm-hmm. It is not the law of the land. You have options in every single part of your care down mm-hmm. to whether or not you have ultrasounds, even mm-hmm. if that's not something that you want to do. And so my number one advice that is topical, tangible that you can go out and do right now is hire a doula <laughs> because they will hold your hand through that whole process. Yeah. And then they will also be in the room with you. Yeah. They will be able to remind you of your birth plan or something that you desired during your labor. Mm-hmm. If you know, mm-hmm. you're know you in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. My doula, for example, reminded my midwife that I wanted to catch the baby. I hadn't even been thinking about that. I was thinking, <laughs> when is this going to be over? <laughs> I was thinking, I cannot keep doing this and I have to keep doing this. <laughs> and she said, oh, can we facilitate Emily and her husband catching the baby? Yeah. Awesome. I was like, cool. I didn't even have that in my brain. And she remembered it for me. That's so great that you're <laughs> yeah. pitching doulas right now because we. I just yeah. finished a podcast interviewing a doula and like what is a doula and how can you good yeah because they're amazing especially this one she's a postpartum doula so she comes over and she like watches your baby at night so you can sleep hello love love yes as an adopted mother i would have liked that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then my more let's say my more emotional spiritual advice would be to remember that thousands of women Mm-hmm. have gone before you, mm-hmm. have gone through this process, have given birth, 
-hmm. It is the reason that humanity is still around. And even more than that, while you're laboring, there are thousands of other women actively laboring with you, Mm -hmm. you know, across the globe. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, you feel like the only person who has ever experienced pain that intense and sensation so overwhelming to your senses and to be reminded of that in the moment that you are not alone and you are you know doing sacred work and bringing a new spirit into this realm onto this earth I think that that is so powerful and that's something that my doula told me when she showed up because I told her I said there is no way that people do this more than once there's no way she reminded me that and it just put it into perspective for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that moms just, they forget. <laughs> they forget the pain because. I was about 48 hours out. And I was like, yeah, I could totally do that again. It wasn't even that bad. Oh, well, I just, you know, I'm sure you look at your son and you're just like, it's, it's worth it a thousand times, you know, a thousand times over. Oh, yeah. yeah. You will, you will cry at everything. <laughs> And you become a parent yeah. by whatever avenue you become a parent. <laughs> it puts into perspective the preciousness and the sacredness of life mm-hmm. and welcoming in literally a brand new human yeah. onto the planet. And yeah. like you have the, the responsibility of shepherding them into the world Mm -hmm. and into humanity. And Mm -hmm. there is nothing that even comes close to the weight that you feel knowing that that is like now your whole responsibility. Yeah. It's a, it's a magical thing becoming a parent. There's nothing like Mm -hmm. it. You can think, you can, you can try to prepare for it. You can mentally try to prepare for it, but it's, it's not until it really happens that it's just like, Oh my gosh, I'm responsible for this tiny human being. And they're awesome. They're just amazing creatures that you get to pour into and that loves you unconditionally, or at least this stage, (laughs) at least Mm -hmm. this stage. So um, I am preparing for the day that he tells me that he doesn't like me. And I'm like, it's going to happen. You know, kids are that way. But man, is that one going to (laughs) sting? I know. I'm going to be like, nope, I didn't hear that. Mm -hmm. It did not happen. Go to your room. Oh, Emily, thank thank you so much for your story, your experience, and for wrapping it up so beautifully. Just, just, you know, I get to see you right now over Zoom, so the folks will just have to listen to you, but I can just see so much joy. That's, that's the word I'm landing on, joy, just radiating from the ability, this power that you have to then provide life for this person that that you love so much and like you fall into this line like your aunt like you said ancestrally you fall into this line of like women that are continuing this line of responsibility and holding that mantle with so much honor so thank you so much for be- giving birth to your son and having such an yeah. awesome experience and yeah just sharing that with the world right now so thank you totally. so much. It is again my absolute favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> I I mean it is just my goal in talking about birth and talking about it openly and sharing every aspect of it and of the process and of now motherhood is to empower 
women to take charge of their fertility, their health, their mm-hmm. experience, to know their options. And I, I even prepared a little quote. It's one of my favorites. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> From the, the poet Nayira Wahid. She says, I bleed every month, but I do not die. How am I not magic? Wow. And And I just think it is so powerful in a culture and a society that has taught women that they're less than Mm -hmm. because of their period Mm -hmm. and because of, you know, who they were born as, as Mm -hmm. someone able to carry life. Mm -hmm. I argue back and I say, we are more than, yeah, I love, I love men. Men are great. But they can't do what we do. No, they <laughs> it can't. is really it they is really can't magic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I always say if my husband has to go through the periods that we have to go through and the cramps that I have to go through, he just died. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. done that. I was like, you would just die. Or you would have come up yeah. with something that took away those cramps by now. But yeah, it's yeah. such a it's such a powerful tool that we have our fertility and our uteruses and our and our like ability to produce life and then there are folks like me who who might never experience that but have benefited Mm -hmm. greatly because a mother said yes to that experience so um so thank you for your yes and thank you for just being awesome and I would love to have you back on here just to talk yes, more. Yes, I would love that. You know, just because we get a lot of medical professionals that come in, midwives, doulas, and they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. very, they come from a very professional standpoint. But having someone like you from the patient standpoint, you know, just walking through from pregnancy to birth kind of experience, that overall piece I think would be really beneficial to a, to our patient population who, like, I, like we've talked about, been programmed to fear this walk. And they shouldn't have to because there's people like you who did it. There's millions of women that have done it. And, yeah. and hopefully there's a place like 3W that they could reach out to anywhere that could walk them through that process as well. So thank you so very much for, sure. for your story. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And here's to women reclaiming their rightful power. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> for more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well. (laughs) 